You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. Hey everybody, just a quick heads up before we get into the episode this week. Uh, my fourth annual 24-hour Extra Life charity stream to raise money for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton is going down Friday, November 3rd and Saturday, November 4th. Unlike previous years where I've done 24 straight hours, I'm too old for that now. We're splitting it into two 12-hour shifts. I'll be going from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday and Saturday. Uh, I hope you can swing by. It'll all be on Twitch, twitch.tv slash memberthegame. And if you donate $20 or more to Extra Life, uh, not only will you get a tax receipt, but you'll be entered into a prize draw to either win a video game of your choice or some Remember the Game swag and we'll be auctioning off a chance to be my guest on an episode of Remember the Game in 2024 as well. So we're hoping to raise $25,000 this year. We cracked over 20 last year. I got a good feeling about it. Friday, November 3rd, Saturday, November 4th, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain at twitch.tv slash Remember the Game. All right, good enough. Let's get into the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 271 and it's still kind of Halloween. I'm, I'm recording this on it's it's Halloween morning right now as I'm recording this. You're probably hearing it on Halloween Boxing Day. November 1st. Uh, If that's the case, I hope at least one of you is listening to this while you're on your way to the store to buy some discounted candy like I'll be doing when this is done. Uh, And to stick with that scary game Halloween shtick for one more episode, uh, this time around we're talking Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. 
for the Nintendo GameCube. It's a psychological mindfuck of a game, and uh, and it was also the winner of September's Patreon poll, so uh, the backlog continues to shrink, and I have to talk about it. This game is so weird. It is one of the weirdest games I think I've ever had on my screen before. You play as a whole bunch of different characters all throughout history. They're all connected to each other through this creepy-ass book made of human skin called The Tomb of Eternal Darkness. And while you play, your characters slowly go insane and they start hallucinating and seeing weird things. And it's 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 pretty cool. It's a pretty cool fucking game. Uh, a couple of notes here. Number one, I know a lot of you have probably not played this. All right? It was... Uh, pardon me, it was exclusive to GameCube. I lost my train of thought there. It was exclusive to GameCube. It did not sell well, so now it's obviously very expensive and hard to come across. It's kind of a cult classic, uh, so we are going to spoil a bunch of it. We're going to spoil some of the scary things that happen, some of the, spo the story, story that happens. 90% uh, of the game is the scare mechanics or the story, uh, but if you haven't played it already, most of you are never going to because you either need to emulate it or plunk down some big, big bucks for an old used copy. So we are going to spoil. Just be warned. Uh, number two. My guest this week is my pal Daniel. Who lent me the game. And his dog Tank is sleeping in the background. While he's recording. And you're probably going to hear his dog snoring. And I know a good pro podcast probably would have waited for the dog to wake up. Or moved him to a new room or whatever. But dogs are royalty here to remember the game. I like them better than people. I thought it was hilarious. So we're leaving Tank's snores in the game. So if you hear those. We're not farting. I did fart a couple of times, but it's mostly snoring. And number three, I've been very vocal about this on social media. I need to address this. We get more detail on the game review. I got softlocked by this game during my playthrough. I was unable to finish it. We explained during the episode what happened a ton. I've, I have gotten so many messages from people through email, comments on social media, comments on Patreon, whatever, offering suggestions, telling me you didn't get locked out. You, you just, you're not, I did. I'm telling you, I appreciate it. I promise you. I did my homework. The game can soft lock you. Okay. What happens in the game really, we get more details later, but quickly you, you, you make spells and to make the spells in the game, you need to pick up these things called runes, which are like ingredients for the spell. And people were like, if you're missing this, the, the, the recipe for the spell, you can still make the spell. I missed one of the runes. I, if you go, there's an item in chapter six, a rune that you need later in the game to make a spell. And I don't have a save left on chapter six. Go back and get it. Uh, a quote from a walkthrough is do your best not to miss the tier rune as many players have rushed past it only to realize it was necessary for a puzzle in a future chapter this will ruin your progress and force you to start the game over a safe bet is to make sure you have every rune before entering the final chamber of each chapter's map i had no idea i was missing it so i just I, we're gonna get into it more and i'm sorry if you're gonna get sick of hearing about it by the end but i'm telling you like the, the number of messages i've got have been unreal and i'm gonna get more if i don't make this abundantly clear i did my homework go i promise you I know people are trying to defend this game, and I'm not even, I don't go angry, I don't get mad, I don't go scorched earth on it, but I know people love this game and want to defend it, and I get that. It will and can softlock you if you miss this rune, and that's what happened to me. So the point is, I didn't finish it, I looked up the ending because I was like, I'm not replaying this fucking game, fuck you, alright? So all that said, settle in, eat your discounted Halloween candy, and listen to Daniel Tank and I talk about one of the weirdest, most creative, and... Frankly, most fucked up video games I've ever played in Eternal Darkness. And we'll get to all that in just a minute, because speaking of being mostly fucked up, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game Infamous intro. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. 
And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard to consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. And uh, you can skip it without having to collect a rune that you might miss and have the game fucking ruined for you. Fuck you, Eternal Darkness. Now I'm getting mad again. If you want to skip the intro, you just want to hear about the game, go to about the 30-minute mark. You'll be there. It's good times, okay? Uh, final reminder, my 24-hour stream is this weekend, Friday, November 3rd, Saturday, November 4th. We're auctioning off a chance to be on my show, uh, this show, this very show you're listening to. Uh, donate 20 bucks or more and be entered to win video games or remember the game merch. It's a good fucking time, okay? Twitch.tv slash member the game if you want to come by and see me. Um, where else? Were? Oh, yeah, we have we have clothes. You can find them all at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you want some merch. I'm trying to hurry this up because I went on so long about that fucking soft lock. And uh, if you want to really want, if you really want to support the show, probably the best way to do is on Patreon. I know my plugs are all over the place this week. I don't care. Uh, I plug it every goddamn week. We have four additional podcasts every week. Monday, it's Purple Monkey Dishwasher, my Simpsons podcast with Mark McHugh. Tuesday, it's The Rambling Idiot, where I talk about comedy, TV, movie, sports, whatever I feel like. Friday is Game Patch, my modern gaming news show, where I talk about the biggest stories in video games, new releases, sales picks, etc. And Expansion Pass goes live every Thursday, which is a different gaming show each week. We do... All kinds of rankings, hypothetical episodes. We look back at characters and consoles. There's a ton of comedy episodes. A shit ton. I was trying to come up with a word there. A shit ton of modern game reviews. Uh, this past week, it was Expansion Pass 184. The topic was up to our Patreons. And best best boss fights ran away with the poll. I, I traditionally hate boss fights. But there are exceptions to every rule. And it was actually a pretty good time revisiting some of the few boss battles that I haven't hated over the years. And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, the best boss fights ever. Listen, I can't imagine there's a soul hearing this podcast that doesn't know my fondness for Super Mario World. And yes, that fight where you fight Bowser and his giant clown claw cloud thing, that is pretty good. You jump on the Mecha Koopas, you throw them up there between stages, Peach is coming out, screaming for help, tossing your shrooms as if to say, I'm not completely useless. I just won't eat these mushrooms and fight it myself. It is a great fight, no question. But I, and, and I don't know if there's a single other time where you will hear me say this, but Mario 64, better than Super Mario World when it comes to the Bowser fight. And I was shocked that the Mario 64 Bowser fight didn't get more love. I love the Super Mario World 1 too. A couple of people mentioned Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, it's great. But how does not, how like, what? The Mario 64 boss fight where you get behind him and you grab his tail and you spin the, the analog stick in the middle of the 64 controller? So that's now available in our archives, and this week it's Expansion Pass 185, and it's my first of a couple of modern game reviews that are coming up. Uh, I 100%ed Super Mario Bros. Wonder on the weekend, so I'm ready to let you know what I think about the latest entry in my favorite franchise. I won't spoil anything major for you, so you're safe to listen whenever you want, so that'll go live tomorrow for all our Patreons. My Super Mario Bros. Wonder review, Spider-Man 2 review is coming up in the next couple of weeks. It'll depend on when I get it done, alright? Again, subscriptions start at $3 a month to get new podcasts every Every week, ad-free, instant access to hundreds of archive bonus podcasts, plus access to the Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote on our Patreon poll every month, the ability to submit comments to be read on our shows, you can DM with me, and you even get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. If I had the list up on my computer, I'd already be saying them. There it is. A huge shout-out to our newest Patreons, Craig Severine, Brandon Engebrestin. Sorry, Brandon. Advanced ATST, Brandon Daniel, Andrew Pritchett, Scott Duggan, Daniel Corbridge, No, Charles Stokes, John, and Nuke99. 
I ruined a couple of those. Thank you all so much for the support. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. Patreon.com slash Remember the Game. All right. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. <laughs> Let's blow our first blower this week is Spurgeocalypse, who said, Hey, mate, seeing as we're coming up to your Extra Life charity stream this weekend, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit on your next Remember the Game episode about why you pick the Stollery Children's Hospital each year. I mean, I'm all for helping sick kids, so no shade being thrown. Just wondered if there are reasons other than it's your local kid's hospital. Also, have you ever thought about doing comedy gigs for sick kids in the hospital? Keep up the good work with everything you're doing, mate, and I'm looking forward to the streams. Uh, to answer your second question first, I don't think my comedy would fly with the kids in the hospital especially considering how much of it is crowd work and either that or it's so it's either making fun of the crowd or it's me talking about how much having asthma sucks and i don't know i don't know if kids and a lazy eye and i don't know if kids in the hospital need to hear a grown man that plays video games for a living whine about his lazy eye and his asthma so uh, to answer your second question first, no, probably not. To answer your first question, why do I pick the Stollery? Um, you're right, it is local here at Edmonton. But also, like, if you're not from Canada, I think a lot of people don't fully grasp just how spread out Canada is. Like, it is, there is a lot of empty, frozen wasteland in this country of ours. And Alberta is no exception. And the Stollery Children's Hospital doesn't just take care of kids in Edmonton. It takes care of kids from all over Alberta. And sometimes from out of province too. Like it is a world-class facility here. And uh, I didn't go there as a child. I lived in Calgary. But I spent a ton of time in children's hospitals as a kid. Particularly with my asthma. So it's just a cause near and dear to my heart. And I just think the Stollery is probably the hospital that can do the most good across Alberta. Not dunking on our other children's hospitals. But it is is the big end. It's the main event. So uh, yeah, that's why. That's Yeah, that's that's why. So, yeah, hopefully you can come by and check out the stream this weekend, everybody. Uh, Dr. Shaggy said, hey, man, listen to your last episode, and you spoke about how you can try a level on a game for hours, but then you come back the next day and you smash it on the first try. My friends and I get that a lot when we're skating, and we call it secret lessons because your brain is processing everything it learned throughout the day. I thought I'd share. Secret lessons. Yeah, I've been, I like that. We've been saying for a while that there should be a name for that phenomenon when you're you play a video game forever and can't beat it and then you come back to it like the next day or later in the day and you beat it first try and what is that maybe you're right maybe it is your brain has just processed what to do somebody else wrote in i can't remember what you called it it was like post nut clarity but for video games post level clarity or something post sesh clarity maybe which i like that as well we need to we need to decide on an definitive name for that i don't i don't hate secret lessons that's uh that's some deep shit i like that uh, Jay Callahan said, are you planning on checking out the Five Nights at Freddy's movie? I've never played the games, but the movie looks like it could be decent. Uh, I, not maybe when it comes out on like streaming, like like on Netflix or some shit. I don't think I'm going to the theater to see it. I've never played a Five Nights at Freddy's game, and I traditionally don't like scary things. And it does look pretty scary, but uh, maybe when it comes out on streaming. I, some people have said it's pretty good. Some people have said it fucking sucks. Sounds like it's all over the map. But y'all know how expensive going to the movies is these days. So I don't think I'm going to gamble on it at the movies. I'll wait and watch it at home where I can turn it off and go cuddle Molly if need be. I'm such a bitch. Uh, Meg, Meg Pie Eye Pierce 
said, Enough is enough, Adam. Will you please tell us what you think of the new Blink-182 album for fuck's sakes? For the record, I did drop it on The Rambling Idiot, uh, which is available to patrons, blah, 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 blah. But uh, in 10 seconds or less, I think the new Blink, uh, if you don't know, they're my favorite band. Uh, it's good. It's very good. I don't think it's quite great. I don't think it's as good as the self-titled album. Uh, I'd probably put Dude Ranch in, in front of it. I'd probably put Neighborhoods in front of it, and I might put take off your pants and jacket in front of it, but it's still good. I I, I like it. It's good. It's nice to see Tom back. It's good. Check it out. If you haven't checked it out and you like Blink, check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, Justin Combustion said, hey, uh, said, hey, Adam, long time, no comment. I've always wondered if you've ever considered doing a Remember the Game Live episode of the show where you literally record audio of you talking about your thoughts on the gameplay, graphics, music, etc. while you play a game. It would probably be best suited for an older 30-minute-ish retro title you've already experienced at some point, but still. Any thoughts? All the best, man. Keep up the great stuff. Uh, I can't say as I've ever considered it, but I don't think it's a horrible idea. I think it might be a little bit more rambly of episode than normal because... I, I'm always kind of scatterbrained, but when I'm trying to focus on the game at the same time, it might be worse. But if I could figure out the right game to do something with that, maybe I would Maybe I would try that once. I do like the idea of it. Remember the game live. It's well done. And I like your handle too. I, I trust somebody with a name that rhymes like Justin Combustion. Justin Combustion, excuse me. Does that rhyme if you say it properly? If you say Justin, it works. Justin Combustion. Just, Justin Combustion. Yeah, that rhymes. All right, yeah. So I trust you. Fair enough. I, tr I had to figure out if I trust you, but I trust you. It's not a bad idea. Uh, Dog Tribute said, Hey, man, I have just come into a copy of Haunting Ground and Silent Hill 3 for the PS2. I'm really itching to play these as I'm a big horror fan. However, I've never owned a PS2, and from all the research I've done online, it seems that the PS2 has a really bad reputation for scratching discs, especially the slim versions. Has this ever been your experience? Looking for good advice as I'm afraid to even breathe on these games. I get that, Dog Tribute. Those I don't know the Haunting Ground, or Haunting Ground but Silent Hill 3 is not fucking cheap. I get it. Um, I don't remember my PS2 scratching discs back in the PS2 era, but I, I have a PS2 Slim here now that I use for games on occasion, and I haven't had any issues, but I have read online that some people have had some problems with the PS2 scratching discs. Uh, you could look at getting a backwards compatible PS3, the old, the old fat boy. Uh, they're, they're not cheap, whereas the PS2 Slims are worth nothing these days. But an old school PS3 will play uh, PS2 games and PS1 games. Uh, or if you look it up, I, I saw a whole lot of different threads dedicated to how to fix the PS2 disc scratching issue. So I, I've never run into it, but it does sound like there's some the, some smoke on the fire. So I would recommend looking it up. It sounds like it's not the hardest fix in the world. But be careful with those games because you're right. That's that's a lot of fucking that's a lot of fucking money, man. Oh my gosh. Good luck, dog tribute. Uh, the angry New Yorker said, "Yo, blank." What do you think will be the next Fire Emblem game you get into for a possible review on the show or even just for fun? I've been on a recent binge of a few of the older games in the series myself, so I'm just curious. And please keep being my favorite Canadian. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, fuck Bret Hart. Who needs Bret Hart when you have Adam Blank? Um, listen, I like Fire Emblem. The only Fire Emblems I've played are Fire Emblem Awakening, the, the 3DS one that came after Awakening, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is fucking sick. I love that game. I did buy Fire Emblem Engage, for the switch earlier this year and i started playing it and it, it wasn't bad i just for whatever i think i just i just finished um marvel's midnight suns and i just was kind of tactical gamed out so i didn't really 
get into it, but I'd like to go back to it. I'd love to replay Fire Emblem Awakening. I promise you, Fire Emblem Awakening is near the top of the list of games I want to play and review on RTG once my backlog is caught up. It's just I only ever played it once like a decade ago, and I don't remember it enough. I want to play the original one that's on the NES Online now. I want to play the GameCube one. I'd like to plunk down the cash for it. I, there will be some Fire Emblem love here on the show. I'm a fan of the series. I just I've the only, I haven't played enough of them recently to give you a good review but i and they're not short games to replay but i want to love me some fire emblem love that series uh finally before we move on it's letter time it's letter time as cologne i hope i said that right as cologne as cologne as cologne as cologne i'm not trying to say that said hey adam now that i'm a hot dog i've been going back through the patreon exclusive catalog and listening to some old expansion passes i recently listened to the episode concerning gamestop and what you would do if you were in charge i loved all of your ideas and i had an idea of my own that i would like to add i think gaming stores even mom and pop shops should market themselves as more as console repair stores to help keep afloat as digital gaming becomes more popular. I don't know why most gaming stores don't do this already. Physical copies of games may fade eventually, but gamers will always need working consoles to play their games, whether digital or physical. Also, you got me hooked on Slay the Spire. I tried it for the first time the other day, and I love it. Keep up the awesome work with your podcasts. Thank you, Azkalon, whose name I can't pronounce properly, and congratulations on joining the Church of Slay the Spire, as everybody should, because it's fucking awesome. Uh, that's tough. I, don't, I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think there's. I think there's some merit there for them to offer to 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 fix consoles for sure. Um, I think that the tricky things are like one, like I don't know what it's like where you live, but here in Edmonton, I think we have like seven Game Stops in and around the city, and I'm like, do we need seven? Like consoles aren't breaking that often. Uh, I mean, it would help keep the bills on, as I say around here for sure, but. Uh, I don't know if we need seven plus like I don't mean to be disparaging to anybody listening to this that might work at GameStop I've worked retail uh, for a, a large portion of my life and, and retail is fucking retail is rough so I I nothing but respect to those of you out there working retail nothing but respect but like when I go to the GameStop near my house it sometimes feels like it takes them five minutes to figure out how to use the till I don't know if I would trust them tinkering into the hood of my PS5 you know it'd be a lot of training you know uh, and then the other thing to keep in mind is there are a lot of like little repair places out there. I, what I personally would say, I agree with you more with the mom and pop thing. If you own like a little independent gaming store, I think that that's a, a big thing for you. you. Get one or two people that are trained up and offer rep, uh, console repair for sure. For GameStop, I don't, I just, I, again, I don't mean to be rude, but like, I don't know if people trust them enough. You know, like I would trust, I've gotten, like I had my Xbox 360 repaired twice. Fucking red ring of death. And uh, I went to like a, just a little, just a person I found on a buy and sell site. They did a good job. It's not their fault it broke again. It's the red ring of death. Uh, I don't know if I would trust GameStop with it, but I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think they need to try everything. I, I've, I've said it a billion times. I'm going to continue to say it. I'm not cheering for them to go out of business and I don't want to see people lose their jobs, but that company is on borrowed time. People have argued with me and said they have a lot of money in the bank. Like Money is not an infinite resource unless you're like Microsoft or something. They, they are going to run out of money and that company is fucked. If they don't come up with some massive way to change direction, maybe not. the Yeah, maybe they, they try everything. Why the fuck not? Even if they just make like one of 10 stores a repair shop or something, because eventually like in a city like Edmonton, where we have seven game stops or whatever the fuck we have, eventually we're going to be down to one or two. Like they're going to condense. We used to have two in the same mall for anyone that lives in Edmonton. Kingsway mall used to have two of them. What the fuck? Uh, as they condense down, maybe. Yeah. You do kind of specialize a little bit, but. I think they're they're in trouble. They are in trouble. That was a fun episode. We could 
I would do another one of those at some point. That's an old episode of Expansion Pass. What would we do to fix GameStop? I would I would do another one of those at some point. Anyways, we got to move on. Thank you, everybody that wrote in. As always, I appreciate it. I'll get to a few more on the Rambling Idiot next week with Left Blovers. But let's switch things up and get to our Smash Hit Save the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It is Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. You know it. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. And I'll tell you what it was in just a minute. This week we're talking an expensive GameCube game, so I went with three more. We have Skies of Arcadia, Fire Emblem, Path of Radiance, and Chibi Robo. I hope I said that right. And 48%, almost half of the voters, said play Fire Emblem, remake Skies of Arcadia, and erase Chibi Robo. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Spiro the Hero said play Fire Emblem. It's an amazing game even today. Remake Chibi Robo with better graphics and keep it 3D, unlike the portable games. Skies of Arcadia is a great game, but it doesn't seem as unique as the others, so I have to erase it. Um, Not the order I would go in. But I do understand the logic. There's a lot of RPGs out there. It's I get it. It's I understand that. Uh, Kia Pup says, I'm going to cry because I'll never be able to afford getting these games physically. Uh, but for real, play Chibi Robo because it was charming, but I never finished it. Remake Skies of Arcadia, but because from what I've heard, it's spectacular. But from what I've seen, it can use a makeover. And I'm sorry, Fire Emblem. I remember enjoying what little I, pay- I played of Path of Radiance. But at the end of the day, tactical RPGs are the hardest for me to get into. Not to mention there are plenty of Fire Emblems to go around. So you've got to go. And sure, like I-, I can see the logic behind erasing Skies of Arcadia because there's so many RPGs out there. But I can see the logic behind erasing Fire Emblem because there's so many Fire Emblems, not just tactical RPGs out there. I I see both sides. I see both sides. Um, Not a lot of people wrote in erasing Chibi Robo, which I like. Wizpiz said, play Skies of Arcadia because I've been playing it on the Steam Deck recently and it holds up fine. Remake Chibi Robo because he's charming as hell and put him in Smash Brothers. And erase Fire Emblem because there's already a ton of other good ones to play. And you could probably, this isn't what Wizpiz said, but to add on to you, you could erase one of the Fire Emblem characters in Smash and add Chibi Robo. Or fucking Crash Bandicoot. Or fucking Trixie. Dixie Kong, not Trixie. Dixie. Dixie Kong. Whatever. Uh, Elliot081 said, play Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. Path of Radiance. I'm playing it right now and it's my favorite Fire Emblem game ever. The story and characters are amazing and I love that turn-based strategy so much. Remake Chibi Robo because it looks charming and erase Skies of Arcadia because there are too damn many random RPGs I could care less about already. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Not the same order, but agreed. I'm going with 9%. All the options got a little bit of love this week. I'm going with 9% of you, including Lauren LaRuzic who said, I would play Chibi Robo simply because I never got to back in the day. I would remake Path of Radiance so I don't need to spend over $200 on a used GameCube disc. And sadly, I'm erasing Skies of Arcadia Legends. One, because it's already been remade and a remaking a remake is reserved for Square Enix and Naughty Dog. Well done. And two, it would still exist for Dreamcast, even though the encounter rate in the original game was abysmal. It's a fair point. Uh, Different logic, but I'll go the same way. I'm going to play Chibi Robo because I never have. And that robot looks adorable, and I think the game looks like a lot of fun. So that no other reason for it, I'm going to play that. I was torn on the other two, but I'm going to remake Fire Emblem because I would really like to play it, and I don't want to have to take a second mortgage out of my house to get my hands on a copy, which means I have to erase Skies of Arcadia. I'm sure it's good. I see all the suggestions. Please don't write in and get bad at me. You got to erase one. 
And like I said, there's 5,000 JRPGs out there that I haven't played. And quite frankly, if one was removed from the pile, I don't even think I would notice. So no disrespect to Skies of Arcadia, but I that's just one RPG I don't have to worry about playing now, which is fine by me. That's it. Thanks, everyone. That wrote in to play, play one, remake one, erase one. As always, I appreciate it. Let's pause here. I need a drink of water. We'll have a quick word from a sponsor. Then I'll tell you what I've been playing, and we'll get into the, uh, the mindfuck that is Eternal Darkness. We'll be right back. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, what have I been playing over the last seven days? Mostly Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which I finished last on Sunday. 100%ed it. Uh, we'll review that this week. Spider-Man 2, really enjoying it. Going to review that on Expansion Pass soon. I've been playing Burnout Revenge, which is uh, for a future episode of Remember the Game. That game's fucking awesome. Burnout Revenge has been a good fucking time. Uh, that might go live next week which will be November 8th. It might get bumped to November 15th. There might not be a Remember the Game next week. With my 24-hour stream this weekend and all the other podcasts I do, I got to see if I have time to get a Remember the Game in. If I have time to get an episode in, we'll do it. If not, there may not be one next week. I might just release an old expansion pass, and then we'll cover it the week after. But if not November 8th, then November 15th. We are talking Burnout Revenge, I promise. And uh, that's basically all I've been playing is those three games. And then obviously Eternal Darkness before it fucked me. And let's get into it. That's why we're here. Let's talk about it. It's the main event. As always, I like to let you nerds sound off about the game we're covering before my guests and I hog the microphone. So let's see what a few of you had to say. Dunned said, I really enjoyed this game. As it was a rental, I never quite got the best ending unlocked since you needed to play through it on New Game Plus twice for a total of three playthroughs, one with each artifact alignment that you choose early, blue, red, or green. And I just couldn't justify renting a game I'd already beaten twice just for a full ending. The character screaming that the rats will eat your eyes does live in my memory forever when I think about this game, however. Uh, yeah, dude, it's this game will stick in my mind for quite a while too, and not because of the soft lock thing. 
but just because of all the crazy shit that happens. Yeah, if you didn't know, I actually don't quote me. I think you might have to play through it four times. I don't. Daniel explains it on the show. I don't remember, but to see the final final ending, you need to play through it a whole bunch, and uh, which you can do if you don't miss the fucking tier rune. Fuck you, Cornelius Talmage said. For me, this is up there with the best games on the GameCube. Although that's probably more for the story than the gameplay. Um. I'm not going to lie to you. I would not put this in my best GameCube games, but I will say it has one of the best stories and one of the best, like, concepts. I The, the gameplay is nothing to write home about. I agree. The combat in this game fucking sucks. I don't even know why there's combat in it, quite frankly, but we'll, we'll get into all that in just a second. Brian Richmond said, I love this game. I'd play this with my wife back in the day. She would do the puzzles and pass the controllers to me for the combat. I spent forever trying out all the spell combinations each time I got a new rune, discovering that there were some hidden spells vindicated my gaming OCD. I also enjoyed that. Like, and you'll hear more about it. Basically, runes are like ingredients that you use to make spells. And even if you don't have the recipe for a spell, you can just mix runes and sometimes you'll find one, which I, I also enjoyed. Uh, Michael Patrick said, this is, was my favorite game on the GameCube. I beat it four times back in the day. I've been looking forward to this being an episode of Remember the Game since I first discovered the podcast. However, I recently had my soul crushed thanks to you finding out that you can get completely fucked if you missed a very easily missable item. How I beat it multiple times with this never happening, I'll never know. You have taken a game that cube lovers held in such high regard and exposed it as a good game that hides a fatal flaw. It's unforgivable. I'm still dumbfounded. Yeah, it's, the thing about it is like so many people wrote in saying they had no idea it was a thing i think it was a pretty hard like it was not a it was not a common problem uh i just suck at games i think it's the, i think if you suck at games it's the problem because good players won't miss this rune like bad players will uh and high scores high stake I, for the record before i get to this i just want to say i understand why michael why brian why so many people that that played this game in its in its time like it i think this is a ridiculously clever and inventive game and to the point where I, I keep my, my temper at bay over the lockout thing, the soft lock, because I still think it's a great game. I, I get the appeal of it. And I think it's one of the cleverest games on the GameCube for sure. It's really cool. Uh, high stakes, high, high scores, high stakes podcast, excuse me, said this was an incredible experience. The sanity meter was so innovative and it caught me on a number of occasions. The game wasn't particularly scary, but it had such a good atmosphere and it looked amazing back in the day. A solid favorite in my household. Yeah, I, I think it's a shame that this game hasn't been re-released anywhere because it's pretty dope. It's cool as fuck. And we're going to get into it. Daniel and I and Daniel's dog Tank. Remember, you're going to hear Tank snoring. I liked it. I thought it was funny. I'm leaving it in there. Also, we are spoiling the game. Just be aware of that. It's time to talk Eternal Darkness. I'm going to queue up some music. And when it stops, we are going to talk Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem, which originally released on the GameCube in North America on June 24th of 2002. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Alright, uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining me via the blank phone this week to talk Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. This is going to be a very, this is going to be an interesting episode for an interesting game. Is an interesting person, and that's my my childhood chum, Daniel. Buddy, what's going on? How are you? Doing pretty good, buddy. How about yourself? Uh, better now. I calmed down. <laughs> Yesterday I was fucking hot, but I'm calmed down now. So um, we're going to get a couple of things out of the way. Right out of the gate, okay? Number one, as I'm probably mentioned during the intro, 
I didn't want to spoil stuff in this game, but it's almost impossible to review without spoiling. I think we're both agreed on that. And yeah. uh, this game is not available anywhere, and it's pretty expensive. So if you haven't already played it, I'm willing to bet 90% of you never will. Like, just not that I'm like an elitist. That's like, I got to play it. But not, I only played it because Daniel lent it to me. Otherwise, I wasn't going to play it either. But it's just, it, it, dude, it's it's this is the epitome of one of those games that like, there's been a lot of talk lately about games kind of just being lost to history and just forgotten and everything. This is the epitome of that. This it game really is, is probably dead forever. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Nintendo has actively done their best to make that so. Why is that, do you think? Like, if they said, uh, so they're a weird company. In this particular case, it basically came down to they had a pissing match with uh, Silicon Knights and they got into a fight over it. And basically said, well, we're keeping this bit because you guys didn't fulfill your contract and go pound sand. There's such a, this is like, just, it's funny because just a few days ago on Game Patch, we were talking about all their new uh, Nintendo, if you don't know, has implemented all these new rules for tournaments involving their games like Smash and stuff and how it is just like the least fan friendly thing they could do. And I'm a Nintendo fanboy, lifelong, but it's just, they, they make it so hard to like them sometimes. Like it's they just. sure as fuck don't like us. No, they hate us. They genuinely hate us. So anyway, uh, so we are going to, number one, we are going to spoil some stuff and I'm sorry. Uh, it's just, that's the way it is. It's a 20 year old game. That's not available anywhere. It's going to cost you a hundred bucks. Plus if you want to go out and find a copy and you need a GameCube and all that, blah, 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 blah. Number two, it's been controversial. Uh, I got soft locked in this game yesterday, playing it, trying to get it done in time for this podcast. And many people reached out to me on social media, trying to help me and trying to tell me what I could do. So I just want to, if I don't make this clear now, uh, I'm going to get a hundred messages from people telling me what I could do. All right. And, and this will make more sense if you've never played the game as you play on, but in chapter six, there's 12 or 13 chapters, like levels in the game. And in chapter six, there's a you collect these things, these runes throughout the game that are basically like, I don't know what would you call them, like ingredients to make magic spells, basically. That, that sums it up nicely, yeah. You, you combine runes to make different magic spells. And uh, I missed one. And before people write in, it's not the codex, okay? Because what you do is you find a rune that is like a magical ingredient, but it's like, it's untranslated. It's just question marks. And then later in the game, usually you can find a codex for that rune that translates it and tells you what this, what the spell is. But the runes are usable without the codex. You're just kind of playing a guessing game until you, until you find the, uh, the codex to, to translate it. So for everybody saying you just didn't find the codex, the rune still works. I, I missed a rune in level six because you don't need it to get out of level six i beat that level i was going on and then later on toward the end of level eight i need that rune to make a spell to summon a zombie that i can send into a trap to set off to open a door and i don't have the ingredient which is this rune to make the spell and i looked it up online and everything there are entire threads dedicated to like yes if you miss this missable but mandatory item you basically just have to start over and i don't have any save files back in level six so I am basically playing the whole game over to go. And that's when I was like, I'm done. Fuck that. So I genuinely appreciate everybody that reached out, but I did in fact get soft locked and 90% of people didn't even know this was a thing. Daniel, you said you've played this game like a hundred times and I had no idea this was a thing. Something like that. Yeah. I did not know you, you could miss anything. I, uh, I knew you could miss the codexes, but I didn't know you could miss any of the runes. And, and the codex is, again, like, we'll get more into it, but, like, the, the codexes just translate these ingredients from question marks into telling you what they actually are. Yeah. You can, I read online that people have beaten the entire game without getting a codex. Because once you know what the runes are, they don't matter. 
Yeah, exactly. Like they're just, yeah, they're just there for convenience. Uh, but yes, uh, most people didn't seem to know. So it does sound like it's a rare thing. I don't know how I missed it. It must be fairly obvious where it is, like fairly out in the open. And I just happened to blow by it for some reason. Um, but I, I am pissed. I'm, am I, I'm not going to rip the game a new ass. Everybody was like, oh, we're going to get some angry at him. It's 10 a.m. I've got a coffee in me. It's a nice day. I don't feel like getting angry. But I, I will say it is possible that it gets soft locked. And you and I were just talking about this off air. It's so frustrating with modern games today when you fire them up and you need to wait for like a four hour patch to download. But this is one of the, this is the, you know, the GameCube era is like the last generation without patches. And uh, this, I guess, is an example of how sometimes patches aren't a bad thing because exactly. they could have fixed this. And I, I'm genuinely shocked. Like, I just, how, how do you how do you not just say something like you can't leave the level until you've collected all the runes or I need this rune to make a spell to get out of level six. So there's like I just I'm floored that they would make it possible to leave the level without this mandatory item for later problem, on in the game. The problem is, is they are they were a small studio and it's yeah when you're a small studio, you, you, you don't have a lot of testers. And problem is, is you have testers that are familiar with the game. Right. Yeah, so stuff right. like stuff like that, it, it happens because they know, okay, yeah, now I need this and this and this and this and this. Okay, cool. And while they're actively looking for things, a lot of times that's not something none of that. As somebody who's done very minor game design, I, I can totally see how it would happen. Totally, yeah. It's just it's more of just uh it's less of to me, like the issue is less that the testers didn't catch it or anything. And more just like when you were designing the game, like they had to be fully aware that this item you're putting in level six, you need it in level eight. Like they had to know that. Like yeah, how and how just, do you I, not stop yeah, the you, player from screw like forget miss even if it's like it might dude, I don't even know where it is. It might have been the most obvious thing in the world, and I just suck. That very, very possible. But I'm just shocked that they wouldn't put some kind of failsafe in to make sure that you don't miss it. You know, if it's mandatory. But yeah, and that's is what it is. Is what it yeah. is. Um, so I just I had to address that because people have been asking me about it, and yes, that is what happened. That said, I did look up the end. I do know how it ends. We're all good there. Uh, so we're gonna get into this thing, uh, Daniel. I gotta ask you because now we're going back to the beginning and talking about this game. I admittedly had never heard of this fucking game until even when you had lent it to me. I, I still hadn't really it's been sitting on my shelf for like two years and i was like i still don't know what that game is and then when i put it on the patreon poll because so many people suggested it i didn't think it had a snowball's chance of winning when it was up against games like pikmin and mario baseball and stuff and it won well, to be fair i was going around threatening to ban people who didn't vote for it yeah so. yeah yeah, yeah. Might have been a uh, little bit of a bias poll democracy baby um I'm, I'm i'm a little bit surprised that it like it's got a there there is a loyal fan base like it seems like the epitome of a cult classic how yeah, the fuck do you know so. Like I, I was not super into gaming at this point in my life, but I had a GameCube and I played most of the big games for it. Uh, I never heard of this. How the fuck did you even know this game existed? Uh, I, I, I know I rented it. I don't know. I, uh, I had a buddy that was staying with me for for a while around that time, so I don't know if he he had rented it or I had rented it. Uh, but just just absolutely hooked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like I, I don't remember hearing anything of it or seeing no. ads or anything. I, I looked it up and I, you guys know this, right? With Remember the Game, it's very not, uh, I don't do a ton of homework. I don't give you with a ton of history notes or anything. But I did look this game up because I was like, where the fuck is this game then? And it did not sell well. 
Uh, it only sold a few hundred thousand copies, which is why it is so expensive now. And uh, the studio has since gone under. They, they don't even exist anymore. I guess the developer, the creator has been trying to make a spiritual sequel for some time and just it's never really caught fire and, and happened. But I will say, dude, that like, I think it's a very, there are things with this game I don't like. Uh, uh, Softlock soft aside, we're not even going to bring that up again until we score it because it's just there. We all know. That aside, there are things about this game I don't like, but there's a lot of things about this game I do. I think it's creative as fuck. And I think it was a little ahead of its time. I think in 2002 or whenever this game came out, maybe people weren't ready to try something like this. You know, like it was still I so much. I think if this game had come out five years later, like after the Resident Evils and, and things had really taken root, I think this game would have done gangbusters. I do, I do too. I think if this game came out today, well, like with indie games today, with how creative... Yeah indie games because like that's to me that's that's the that is the 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 this the key ingredient in the eternal darkness sauce is like this is one of the most creative games i think i've ever played and by today's standards when indie games get funky and creative they're rewarded and praised and they're some of the most popular games out there but what homer has a line and it's something like uh uh i'm not popular enough to be different and that's oh, when he has the pink shirt, yeah, yeah, and that's what games were back then. Like it wasn't it, as easy really to go was. off the, the beaten path back then. Yeah, um, and it's really too bad. So, so if you never played it, the game is it's like a, it's like a it's a, I guess it's a horror game. I don't find it more horror as I do just kind of trippy. It's like, very Lovecraftian, Cthulhu esque, and I know yes. those words mean nothing to you, but no, they'll they mean well, no, to other people. They don't, but I do know who Cthulhu is because of South Park. But I don't oh, know anything yeah. about it other than Cartman summoned Cthulhu. But but point is, yeah, it's very, uh, it's just funky. Like the game, it fucks with your head. It's you have like a you have like a we'll get more into the details, but you have like a sanity meter with each of your characters throughout a level, and as that meter uh, gets gets lower, uh, your your character basically loses their mind and start and crazy things start happening. And the crazy things can be as simple as like, and again, I'm sorry, but we have to spoil it. It's impossible to talk about otherwise. The, the the crazy things can be as small as you're walking through a level and suddenly your head falls off and then your arms fall off and your and your upper that. torso falls off and you're like the fuck and then all of a sudden it just like and you're back to normal yeah. um and I then like it the can one where to, you come in and you're on the roof yeah you're like walking upside like spider-man style you're walking on the ceiling of the fucking room yeah. uh, and then all of a sudden just and it goes back and there's a uh, my personal favorite one that i experienced was uh it started out with one fly walking on the screen oh and it fuck, looks yes. so real and i was like what the fuck there's a fly and then i go into the next room and there's like a dozen flies walking on the screen and it's just like it's like you're watching the game through a camera because it does have the fixed cameras and it's like you're walking again watching a game through the camera and it's just covered in flies and then all of a sudden they're gone again and i thought that was really fucking cool there's some great special effects the one that where your screen goes blue and just says video like your like console crashed oh, yeah yeah uh was pretty neat i did have a couple of them spoiled for me beforehand but they were still they were still really cool when they showed up the only qualm i have with the sanity thing was uh and maybe it's just because i wasn't very good at the game i don't know but like it felt like every level my sanity meter was empty by about a third of the way through and then i just knew that i was going to be in like it got to the point where i knew they were coming yeah you know what i like it I and I'm curious what you think personally. I think the game would have been cooler if there was no sanity meter and they just randomly popped up. Uh, I because... think so too, but like the you know because uh, like one of the things is as soon if your sanity meter runs out, you start to lose health. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. And different characters that have different amounts of sanity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, which was, I always thought, like, uh, the, um, I can't remember, it's one of the Roivuses. I think it's the her grandfather. He's He's got a decent amount of sanity, plus he's got the whiskey flask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so that one, that one was good. Yeah, like, it, uh, like, it's a cool idea. I just, it was just like, I, I just, again, just me. I think it would have been neat if if that meter wasn't on the screen because you see the meter on the screen and you see as it's going down and you're like, yeah. oh shit, here it comes. And I just think it would have hit harder if I had no idea when it was gonna come. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, you know, I mean, one of the big ones is the jump scare. I think it's roughly near the beginning when you're uh, back as Alex and you're walking around and, and you go into the bathroom and she sees her own dead body in the tub. And oh that, yeah. That- that one oh. happened. Like that one's not based on their sanity meter at all. That one just that always happens. Yeah, that was. Uh, and then some of the some of the more subtle ones that uh, that bust in the hall that just stares at you as you walk by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or the the paintings that bleed. I yeah, I actually liked it when just uh, a door would knock. Like yeah. you'd just be going to leave a room and you just hear that like. Poof, poof, yeah. And then you'd open the door and there's nobody there. Shit yeah. like that. Like it's not. It's not outlet. Like it's not shitting your pants fucking creepy but it's just enough to keep you you're just you get very invested in this game it really like, is and like it, the, the the one downside especially in a modern society it makes it a hard game to stream and i know does. you were we talked when we were talking off stream there you were saying that that was kind of ticks away from part of that when you were trying to do that yeah yeah i i tried streaming this game a few times and because i know people had, a lot of people had said they wanted to see me a lot of people had told me not to but a lot of people had been like oh my god are you gonna stream it we want to watch your reactions to it and stuff and i'm this is not anything against anyone that came by my streams thank you for coming by my streams but i do think this is one of those games that is like every time i played it off stream i enjoyed it exponentially more it was easier to concentrate on i found myself more i could kind of lose myself in the game and in the world and uh, it's just, I, I think this is a game really meant to be experienced by yourself. Lights off, headphones on, go, go balls deep into it. Like just get completely Very engrossed much in it. So. Uh, so that not only that too, not only the sanity effects and stuff, but we're going to, we're going to segue into the story a little bit. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I have never, I don't, I have never been diagnosed with ADD, but I'm not hundred percent convinced. I don't have at least some of like, it's there's something there. Cause I'm very easily, I think we all are these days with our phones and everything. It's easy to lose your, your concentration and glance at your phone or something. But th- dude, this game, the stories in this game, there's a lot of balls in the air. And if you take your eye off of the balls for a minute, it can be very easy to totally lose where you were. It, uh, it really is. And I mean, the nice thing is, is the chapters themselves aren't too long. So you can play through somebody's entire chapter. And yeah. and you know, and then finish that and then have a nice natural breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but even that with the chapters, like there's so many callback, like, so the very basic principle of the game is, is this, uh, you start the game playing as this, this girl, this, this, this young lady, Alex. And uh, I think her name was Alex and her grandpa yeah. is dead. And you go to his mansion and uh, you find this book, the the Tome of Eternal Darkness. And it's this creepy old book with covers made of skin, I guess, which is fucking disgusting. And uh, basically throughout the game, you're finding, you're going through this mansion, finding puzzles, like solving puzzles and finding new areas in the book or the the mansion and stuff. And uh, you're finding pages from this story and every page is basically another chapter. So when you find a page, you read it and it takes you back to like a, another random location at another random time 
everybody seems to be somehow involved with this creepy ass book, but there's a lot of callbacks. You might go back to the same uh, like temple well, it's or, the, it's or roughly the same four areas. You've got the cathedral in France. You've got the, uh, the temple in, uh, I want to say it's in Cambodia or, or uh, anger. Yeah, I think it uh, was. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the pillar of flesh out in uh, the middle East. Uh, and then you've got the mansion. Yeah. But, uh, with the Rubis family. Yeah. And you, but you go to these places at completely different times uh, with different characters. And I don't mean different times of the day. I mean, literally like centuries apart, yeah. but as different characters and they're all interacting in kind of different ways with the same things and sometimes referencing each other and stuff like that. And it, it, I did find myself like when I, when I stopped playing, when I got, fucking locked out i just looked up how it ended and i was happy with how it ended i thought it was a cool game but like i had i i had missed stuff that i was like i have no and i don't mean items i mean like points in the story that i was like oh really i didn't realize that was going on and i think part of the problem was uh trying to stream it made it harder for me to concentrate on the game and also part of it was just you know you are looking at your phone and stuff like that and i was also juggling spider-man and mario with it and i i really feel that if you are gonna play this game it is one that like set aside a week and make this the one game you play. I really think that's yeah. the way it's to be experienced. Lose yourself in it. That way you remember who is who and what's going on and stuff because yeah. we've all, we've all, I mean, you're a big RPG guy. Like we've all played RPGs where you put it down for a couple of weeks, couple <laughs> months, whatever, and then come okay. back and you're fucked. What are you doing? Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. And uh, in this game, you won't so much forget where you have to go because the levels are fairly linear outside of solving the puzzles. But you might forget, like, oh yeah, fucking back seven hundred years ago, the other guy was at this place and did this thing with this, you know, or yeah, uh, that kind of shit. And 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 I, I, I don't, I don't feel I did the game complete justice because I didn't, I didn't get as invested in it as as it, it it's it's a game that requires a, an investment, uh, <laughs> both of your time and your fucking money because it's so goddamn expensive now. But but yeah, um, that said. Yeah. Like I said, when I was playing it off stream, man, dude, there, there's there were times where all of a sudden, like two hours of my life were gone, and I was just playing this fucking game. Uh, oh, and you, oh, I just just gonna finish this chapter, and then it's you get that, and then you know, whenever you get back, because you're in between chapters, you're playing as Alex, like you were saying, yeah, yeah. and then it's like, well, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I got the 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 candle trick, so I'm just gonna go and do that, and and yeah. then you know, you get that, and then. It's just so easy to flip it. It's it's into uh, just just one more one more thing. Yeah, like it, like like Daniel said, like each level is a chapter, and it it is literally a chapter in this like book. Like it's the paper you find is a chapter, and when you complete that person's story or that chapter of the book or whatever, uh, then you go back to Alex at the current the day in her dead grandpa's mansion, trying to figure out what the fuck he was researching with this creepy ass book, and. Most of the time when you go into a, a chapter, which is a level in the game, you come out of it with either a new item or a new magic spell. And the magic spells, uh, which we'll, we'll get into, because that, that was my other major minor criticism, was I found the magic system to be kind of a pain in the ass, quite frankly. But um, when, you, when you develop a new spell, every character you play as now has access to that spell, uh, which is so weird. Like, you, you fucking... 
you go you go back to like 400 AD or whatever and play as somebody and and get a spell to do something. And then you come back to Alex in the present time and she has that spell. Then you go to like 800 AD to play as somebody completely different, but they also have that spell because they're all connected with each other through this creepy ass fucking book. And uh, I actually thought that was a really cool mechanic. Outside of how you craft the spells, I thought that was a really cool mechanic. Um, yeah. What did you, as a diehard? What do you think of the the spell crafting? Like, I I might I might be in the minority. I might just be dumb. Like, I I well, I, that's not a maybe. I am, but <laughs> like, what did you think of the the spells? Uh, I I enjoyed it because like as soon as you you get the runes, you can play around with them. And I mean, you know, to a degree, you learn there's some basically you've got some runes that are that are a noun and some that are verb and then you basically need uh, and then you've got your alignments which works on a, a rock paper scissors thing yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll get there in a second yeah go ahead yeah but uh you know so it was like every time i'd get a new one i'd like be be you know have i i, I you could play around with it it's like okay well if i cast this with this um but and then it you know you'll cast the spell and you'll you know you'll learn okay you've learned spell seven but until you find the spell list, you don't actually know entirely what it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, some of them you learn pretty quick. You learn the the healing. Once you learn the healing spell, and then you can attune it to either your magic, your sanity, or your... Well, casting casting the, the regain magic spell is hilarious because it uses the same amount of magic that you get back. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. 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 Um, um, go ahead. The, one of the things that I, I find frustrating, but I, I still liked it as a feature, is to cast a spell you can't move, and and it's it's a pain in the ass, especially in some of uh, the the later fights and the and the one big boss fight, about two thirds of the way through the game. Um, but I mean, it 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 adds a thing. You've got to make sure you've got time to to cast a spell and uh, to do that. And yeah, it so like yeah like so as far as the like crafting spell sorry there's a mechanic calling about my car they can go to voicemail um uh what was i saying sorry i got just i see i get distracted so fucking easy uh, <laughs> as far as yeah, crafting so like, the spell goes ba- yeah basically like when you like so you don't start the game with any spells and then as the game goes on you find like daniel said you you can find these scrolls and the scrolls will be like oh you got a, a it's a recovery spell just to make it easier to understand for people that haven't played it it's literally it's like a recipe and it tells you like, oh, if you want to craft the healing spell, you need to find two different runes. And the runes, like I said, are like ingredients you find throughout the game. And you can pick up random runes throughout levels and you don't know what they do until you find the codex, which then transcribes the rune from question marks into telling you like, oh, this is the, and I'm just, I have no idea. This is the, this is the Marthmar rune, which is a healing rune. Yeah. And. And so if you want to craft a healing spell, you need a you need two different runes that combine into something to do with healing. And so once you find the scroll for it, which is the which is the recipe, it tells you these are the two runes you need. Once you found the two recipe uh, ingredients, excuse me, you can just randomly mix and match ingredients and most of the time it'll be like you got nothing, you got nothing. And then you might get something, but you don't know what it is until you found the 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 script the scroll for it. And uh, if it sounds complicated, it's because it really, it's not once you really get going in the game, it's really not that complicated. But when you've never played it, dude, I sat there and read the instruction manual twice and was like, I have no fucking idea what the fuck is going on with this magic. Once you understand it, then it works. But I, I did find it not, I don't know what the, I don't know if I want to say it's overly complex, but it just, it's, it's, it's a very hard to explain system. It, Easy it, to it use, is. but it, hard to explain. Yeah, and it it, um, it it does reward playing around. 
you can you can get access to spells um that you 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 won't get the the recipe for uh till later on right. but you can still get the ruins for it and then you can use it uh like some of the uh, some of the attack spells it's i think uh you can get um and then it's great you can use attack it just you have to kind of know that that's what you're doing Right, which, 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 you know, because everybody reached out, infamously told me you need to play through the game four times or three times. No, you to don't the, to get the final. I, yeah, we'll get there. I absolutely there. love this game. You do not need to play it four times. There are differences depending on because uh, the the first character you play as after Alex is Pius, uh, who becomes the main antagonist, and depending on which artifact you grab, there's some minor differences, but the game is exactly the same. Right, and don't that's what I, was... I, I love. I love it, and and it's totally worth playing. But you do not need to play it four times. Or and three and times. that's where I was going to go with it. Like you said, in that first level when you play as, I was calling him POS. I know. P I O U S. So I'm going POS. But when you, he's awesome. I think he's like the coolest character in the game. He, but, he is. He's dope. And then, you know, he becomes like the evil lich. And then he yeah. shows up in, in not even good disguises throughout, you know, at the time through the game. He's like, my name is Peter Augustus. Yeah, yeah. He's like, so like very early on in the game, you play as this guy and you discover. So in addition, we were saying about all the different ways you could cast magic spells or build magic spells. In addition to like crafting the recipe of the magic spell, uh, you can attach it to, and I don't remember their names. It doesn't matter. You can attach it to either a red, blue, or green element. And like Daniel mentioned earlier, the game plays on a rock, paper, scissors system where like, I don't, and again, I don't remember, but like red is weak to blue, blue is weak to green, green is weak to red. It's it's the it's the fire, water, grass Pokemon starter system, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, near near the beginning of the game, in one of the earliest levels, POS discovers these three uh, artifacts, and is a red, green, and blue one. And whichever one you pick, that's the story you play. But like Daniel just said, the the stories are are very very it's it's very very similar. It's just different weaknesses to different things, and and and, pretty, and I have much. read that I have read that like one of them like because red is your health bar blue is your magic meter green is your sanity level and yeah i think whichever one you pick different. yeah like if you run into red monsters they typically have more health it's the unofficial hard mode yeah um that one uh if you're if your green monsters tend take uh more sanity uh blue monsters explode right right yes and, uh, yes exactly yeah so like but, there uh, is some things there but like i i didn't i didn't play through it like three times but the point i was gonna make was once you know how the spells are all crafted and work i'm sure your second and third playthroughs are are exponentially faster because oh absolutely you know how to solve the puzzles you're not trying to solve you know figure out the spells you're just you know bombing through it um the cutscenes are slightly different uh whenever you have uh pious talking to his god right yeah yeah which which again fuck he's cool um but the magic like what i like about the magic is there's basically I guess basically there's like three categories and it's like one is like attack magic. One of them is healing magic. And then one of them is basically puzzle solving magic. You know, like one can like give you a shield to protect you. One can take down other shields. One heals you. One hurts enemies. One uh, enhances items, which can make a weapon stronger, covered with magic and, and that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm down with that. I like that, that system. Uh, I just found the whole, Quite frankly, and maybe I'm in the minority here, I found the whole building of the spells to be kind of a nuisance when I'm like, I, I, I to me, you could have just found the scroll and the scroll is the spell and now I have the spell. That would have eliminated my soft lock too. 
But I know that some people like the mixing and matching and experimenting to solve the the the, the spells. I think it's just yeah, a personal I, I, I did, but I can absolutely see where you somebody would, would struggle with it. It reminds it, me of um, oh, it was a Super Nintendo RPG. I want to say it was Secret of Evermore, where to cast the spells, you've got to have the, the ingredients. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and something sort of like that. I mean, it's not, not a case of having the ingredients, but it's you don't just select fire one and cast. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, like you mentioned, uh, the other thing is uh, is you can't move while you're casting the spell, which there was a there was a portion very early on in the game that people were enjoying watching me struggle with on a stream where I found this this platform that had three in in uh, like three three grooves on it. And I had three jar jars. One was solid and full of water and I put it in one of the grooves. And then I had two broken jars and there was a, a fountain like in the next uh... room over. And I had a spell. To, that would repair these jars and i and i'm like i see because a lot of this game is solving puzzles and i'm like i see every piece of the puzzle here use the spell put the jar back together go fill it with water bring it in here and put it on the platform and i probably spent 45 minutes trying to and i'm like why and like i was all alternating there. between laughing and screaming at the screen oh, when you were doing that fuck me because like we've all been there in video games where you're like I see exactly what I need to do. I just don't know how to make the character do it. And that's where I was. And then I finally opened the instruction manual because I'm like, what am I missing? And saw a note that said, don't move. And apparently you claim it says it in the game. I might've missed it while I was talking to the chatter, which again is yeah, why yeah, this game yeah, shouldn't yeah. be streamed. But yeah. Um, so, and I mean, I did, like they tried to do a good visual thing. Like it has a big fizzle out effect. If you move or get hit while you're uh, yeah. trying to cast a spell, but that's, it's a great, if you know what it is, if you don't know that you can't move or anything, it just looks like, okay, I cast a spell and nothing happened. Yeah. Like once you know, it's not, it's really not. Then the only time not being able to move becomes an issue is when you're trying to use spells in combat. Uh, yeah. You're running away from an enemy. Cause like, okay, you know what? Fuck. We're at half an hour already. I knew this was going to be a big one. Um, <laughs> I want to, I want to talk about the combat cause the combat irritated me. And then I still want to get back to the story and, and uh, I don't know. And wherever else we got to go, but let's, let's get the break in here now. Uh, hopefully I've convinced somebody to sponsor the show. And then, uh, when we, when we come back, we'll get into the, there's still a lot to unpack with this fucking game. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by better help. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day. I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad, the ugly. I kind of keep that offline and it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help, because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before, and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash remember the game. Okay, so like I was saying before the break, um, when you when you try to use a spell, you can't move. And the and 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 the, the combat in this game, I get that it has to be there. Although I don't I personally don't know if it has to be there, but I, I get why it has to be there. Um you're you're a ride or die eternal darkness fan. The combat in this game is nothing to write home about. No. No, it's not. <laughs> it's um, clearly it, it was a puzzle solver first. It, exactly. It is. It's a pub, it puzzle solver at first. Uh and then there's some things where it's like uh what is it? I think it's the the page in when the the first time you're in the French temp uh, cathedral and you get this great two-handed sword, which is great, except half the time you're fighting, you're on a stairwell and you can't use it. Yeah. So get, it bangs off the walls and things. Yeah. It, um, like the, it, it's the combat is literally hit a and swing your weapon or shoot yeah. your weapon. Uh, you can hold the right trigger to target a particular part of an enemy's body, like their head, their arms, whatever, which is neat. But the problem is when you target an enemy, everybody else is going to, if you're fighting multiple enemies, they're going to feast yeah. on you. And, yeah. uh, and the characters move slow and the combat is slow. And like Daniel said, if you swing a sword and there's a wall there, you'll hit the wall and you won't hit them. And you have a healing spell, which is critical at some parts of the game. But the problem is you need to stand still for about three seconds to cast the spell. And sometimes that is almost impossible when you're in a room full of big enemies or fast enemies or whatever. Uh, I, like the combat didn't ruin the game for me, but it, I did find it just like every time I had to fight, I was like, I don't want to, I just, cause I loved solving the puzzles and figuring out the story, but I was like, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm sick mashing a, I don't know. I might be, be just being a baby though. Uh, no, you're like, it's, it's definitely the weakest part. One thing I will praise though, is for having a fixed camera. Um, the camera never felt like it got in the way. Never the once. Agreed. Like, the like, camera was like, a great and I mean, it's, yeah, it's, this is in the era where of the you know the first Resident Evil games and things where the camera just fought you everywhere you did. And I have to admit, like I, I never lost to combat because the camera was pointed bad. Agreed. And it's that's topical with the last few episodes where we've talked Mega Man Legends and Devil May Cry, where I found the cameras, especially Devil May Cry, where I found that camera to be frustrating. This is where, to me, like, because it's got the fixed Resident Evil Devil May Cry camera where you don't control it. It automatically goes to different angles and stuff like that. But I, I find that camera works when you're playing a slow-moving, a Resident Evil, a game like this. It's where I struggle with it is in a really fast action-based game like a Devil May Cry. In a game yeah. like this where the combat is so slow and really not that deep, you can't, do there is no dodge button. Like, to dodge, you walk away. Like, it's, Can you it's, imagine it's, Maximilian it's, trying to dodge? Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so the com the camera won't fuck you at all. It just yeah. there were there were some times where like, especially oh my god, the fucking level where you play as uh, we were all calling him um, uh, Napoleon there, the the little pudgy guy in the mansion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's and, Maximilian. Yeah, he's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Yes, Max. Yes, yes. Thank yeah, you. The little, the little fat. Yeah, he's a oh. little fat guy with the powdered wig, and he's just. And he's got these two pistols, but it's it's like I don't know when his level is set, like the eighteen hundreds or something. But like he takes out those two pistols, and you can shoot each one once, and then to reload, you need to run away. He tucks one under his arm, puts more gunpowder in the other one, pushes it down with the giant pipe cleaner, and then does the save with the other one. And it's like when you're fighting a like you fight that one demon thing in the main lobby of the mansion, yeah, with the three heads, yeah. And you're like, you know, it's a decent sized lobby, but man, you're like running away, and it's like load, 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 load. 
Yeah, it was literally uh, like shoot him once, up. run up the stairs, down half the other stairs, and while he's coming up the stairs, you're like, come on, come on, like it was. But I, but I will like, I don't know. I didn't find the combat game breaking. I just found it tedious, no. and I thought the spells would have would have spiced it up. But I, the spells can be tricky to use because you have to stand still while you're using them, and it can be hard to stand still against those enemies. Yeah, but. and it's uh. I think the only combat that that actually is bad is uh and and it happened after your sloth lock there there's there's one boss in the game uh well two if you count Pius at the very end um but it's basically you have to defeat a guardian that Pius summons in the basement of the the French uh cathedral okay uh the game also implies that they started World War one so this uh, this demon could have think uh people to eat by the way which I thought was oh, a nice cool. touch yeah that's cool. um but it's you have to use the, the the damage spell to use it, but you can't. There's certain times where you can and can't, and the game does absolutely nothing to to tell you like how to do it properly. And it's it's the old it's the only combat in the game that absolutely drives me nuts. Yeah, I do. There's one part where you fight the. There's like a giant spider that you fight, or whatever the fuck it is, and it keeps oh, summoning. Yeah. Uh, and that, I found that to be very frustrating as well. Yeah, but um minor thing i mean again everyone knows i hate boss fights it was really not the end of the world yeah. it was just the combat can be uh can be a little bit fucky um yeah. and the thing but, about the like combat you said, it's not it's not it's not the the mainstay of the game the stay of the game is the the story which and the and the puzzles yeah this the stories and the puzzles are the meat and potatoes and then the combat is like the the peas on the side that you're like ah yeah I mean, I'll eat some peas, but for the record, just in case anybody's wondering if maybe you picked this episode back up or you skipped ahead of everything just to get here. If you keep hearing a noise, Daniel and I aren't ripping ass on the episode. Daniel's dog is sleeping in the background and dogs are royalty here to remember the game and they are not to be disturbed for any reason. So I was like, we are, I'm not, I can't edit that out anyways. We're we're letting Tank sleep. And so if he wants to snore, you snore away, my little friend. So just in case anybody hears that. That's what that is. Maybe we are farting in between. I don't, I have. I don't. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, let's get just to, admit one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the puzzles. I, I love. I I fucking love puzzles. Like I love logic puzzles. I love escape rooms. I love and and to me, that's when this game was at its fucking best. Was when you were trying to solve the puzzles. It it is, and it had a good variety. Like it had you know simple things like uh, yeah. What is that? You have to cast the reveal invisible to reveal the door. Mm-hmm. or uh uh you know yeah yeah it had to do your your find this or that uh the candles with the sun in one yes. of the first levels yeah i thought that was really clever me too there's pictures in the background of either a sun setting a sun rising or a sun just up in the sky with candles out in front of the picture and you need to set the candles up like light them and and blow them out to represent where the sun is in the picture uh stuff like that stuff like even little things like the, one of the first puzzles in the game is there's a clock in the main lobby of the mansion Alex is in that's set to three thirty, and there's a grandfather clock in the study or whatever that you can set and you set it to three thirty, and it opens up a, a passageway to like a, to the study where the whole game happens. Like those types of things. There's a lot of just running around in this game. And because like Daniel said, you basically are visiting the same four areas at different times with different characters. So, you know, like when you're in that mansion, whether you're playing as uh, I'm going to keep calling him Napoleon, but whether you're there <laughs> as, as, as Mr. Napoleon or whether you're there as Alex or whatever, you know, the layout of the mansion, you know, the two big curving staircases, the upstairs, the bedrooms, the bathrooms, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know where everything is, but it all feels and interacts differently and it's all fucking with your brain differently. And there's different 
uh, monsters there and different secret passages there and stuff like that. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect of the game and going through areas that are new but different. And maybe I have different abilities than I had the last time I was here so I can interact with different parts of it. And knowing that these characters are all... Dude, every time a character finds the Tomb of Darkness and they go to that main hallway with the statues of all the other characters that have interacted with the Tomb of Darkness... Yeah, and that kind I of stuff. Like, that was I, a nice touch. Me too. Uh, I loved going back and revisiting areas, and I just I loved the puzzle solving mechanic. Like I I and that I think that's my major qualm with the combat is not so much that I think the combat sucks. It was that I was like I was really getting into the flow of the story and solving puzzles, and then I get pulled out of it for this. Let's put our cards on the table. This very mediocre combat system, and I'm like I just want to go back to solving puzzles. You know, like that was to me, that was, it was at times it was like playing a giant escape room. Yeah. Uh, enemy, which I loved. Yeah. One of the enemies, I can never decide if I like them or hate them though. The little uh, scorpion guys, the trappers. Oh, those little, yeah, yeah. You have to like tiptoe past them. Yeah. You either have to tiptoe or if you've got a ranged weapon, you can take them out from a distance. But if you touch them, they send you the, to the, the trapper dimension. Yeah. Which is nice because you, depending on which way you go, you can get uh, a health or magic or sanity top up. Yeah, but, they just they were just kind of a nuisance to tiptoe around sometimes. Yeah. When you're like, all my stats are full, I don't need to go and fill up anything. I just want to get past you. Yeah. And it's yeah, they were kind of but they were cool looking and they were creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like when they showed up. I thought they were creepy as shit. So Yeah. They're and they're slightly different depending on which artifact uh Pius has. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah, I yeah, it was, it was the, the combat was like whatever. It was to me it was the puzzles that were the the cool thing. And I and the thing about it is like and there was the odd time I got frustrated and ranted about it, but it, it, that was just in the moment. It really didn't bother me. There, there's a lot of backtracking in this game. There's a lot of running around. Even at the very, very beginning, that very first chapter of the game when you're playing as Alex in Grandpa's Mansion and you're running around and you've never, I'd never played it before and I'm running around and running around. It's one of those games where uh, you can interact with a lot of the game, but you need to get into the right position to interact with it. And it's much more lenient on being in the right position than like a PS1 Dino Crisis or something is. But you still need to get to the right area where it's like I knew I'd seen the clock that said 3.30 and then uh, I just hadn't gone to the right position where I could interact with the clock. Yeah. To the, the grandfather clock to set the time. Or there's um the level where you're playing is the he's, he's like a monk or something and you're in the cathedral. And I had gone yeah. through that whole cathedral like four times. And I'm like, I don't know where else to go. And in the basement, there's like a, a room. I don't know what you'd call it, but a room full of barrels of like wine. And I had interacted with every barrel except one. And the one I happened to skip was the empty one that yeah, I could which handle up to open up a secret and, passage. Yeah. But like that kind of shit to me is, is very minor. I, I really don't mind. Like, and like anyone that plays puzzle games, like you, you obviously like puzzle games too. Like, yeah, it could be, it could be so frustrating when you're just running around and running around and you're like, I have gone everywhere. But then when you solve it or you figure out what you're missing, you feel like a goddamn like, like royalty. It feels so good. I, I have to imagine that's how Souls players feel when they beat a boss that's killing them. Like, it's that feeling of, of accomplishment, especially if you don't look it up. It feels very good. Yeah. Uh, and, and I liked that. I thought the game did a really good job of, like, spacing out those long puzzles. Yeah, it did. And, like, you'd, ha you'd have one where it feels like you're doing, you know, forever and this, and then your next couple puzzles would be really, really contained. Yeah, to, and that was... Know. That was what kept me playing for an hour or two at a time when I would play yeah. is that I would I would spend 45 minutes trying to solve this one puzzle, finally get it and then bomb through three more. Yeah. And it and it was like it, the the reward system was really really well done. Um 
And then like, like we mentioned earlier, going back to it, as you're doing this, as you're running, I hope the, like for everyone that hasn't played this game, I hope the puzzle pieces, no pun intended, are starting to fall into place now. As you're running around in these levels, fighting these enemies and solving these puzzles, your sanity bar is just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking your sanity meter. And as it's emptying out, you're, you're having these crazy, th- where sometimes it's just like, it, it's a game that really needs to be experienced with headphones on. Absolutely. Um, it's like, have you ever played um, Hellblade? Sinua's Sacrifice? Uh, no, but that's that's one of the things that somebody did. Uh, it's it's on my short list to play, and that's exactly how somebody sold me on it. Yeah, it is. I mean, it it does it does the sanity effects of this game, but like to a billion. It's yeah. that like it's some of the. I actually found the gameplay of that game rather boring, but the 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 creepiness and the losing your mind aspect of it is is I've never experienced anything like it. It's it's incredible. But this was an early version of that. Like, and it, it really does. Well, I do find that some of the sanity things happened too often, like the falling apart or that kind of shit. Um, yeah. It really did break up the occasional repetitiveness of the game of running around back and forth, trying to solve puzzles while you're doing it. You know, flies are showing up on the screen. You're hearing voices in your head. The characters are like, this can't be happening. You're hearing knocking on the door. The, 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 the TV's cutting out and coming back yeah. on and shit like that. I, I thought that was really it really, really clever. It really broke up the slow portions of the game. It, it did. And, and, you know, and it has a nice mix of overt ones like that or, and subtle things like the, the, the more your sanity goes down, the cameras t- uh, tilt slightly. Yeah. Uh, so I, it gets I, to like a 30 degree angle and it's, it was wild too. The first couple of times that happened, it like, it happened so gradually that like, I almost thought like, well, am I sitting on like an angle? And then yeah, I realized, I like, that. oh, no, the camera turned. That's what it was. Yeah, I didn't think anything. I, I uh, One of the first times I played it, I, you know, I paused. I went upstairs to come down. And, like, coming down and then seeing it, I'm like, what the fuck is up with the camera? Yeah. Because yeah, it had happened so, so suddenly or so gradually, like you said. And then when it actually, uh, you see it there. Uh, yeah. The game does a great job at setting atmosphere. Between the sanity effects, uh and and the level designs like that the game does have atmosphere down pat absolutely and 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 again i know i've i've already harped on it but like if you if you decide you are going to play this and you go and buy yourself a copy or uh this is one of those games that i have zero qualm with anybody out there like emulate the fuck out of it if you want to because yeah, there's no other way to can't play get it. it anywhere else if i can't buy it from the rights holder i'll emulate the shit out of it so feel free go go not i endorse it emulate the fuck out of it um but if you do, if you do decide to track it down and play it, like I implore you, a uh, wear headphones, and 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 quite frankly, like if you are a streamer, I don't recommend streaming this one. Like this is one I would like to take another shot at this one at some point, and and I would I would not stream at all, because it was night and day how deep into it's just talking to a chat can really pull you out, and the game really wants you to just lose yourself in it. Yeah. Um. Plus, there's a lot of again, like going back to that story. Like you're you're humping from you're humping, <laughs> you're. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the other ED. Uh, we're talking eternal darkness. Um, you're you're hopping from one time period to another time period to another time period with these different characters in these same locales that are loosely tied to each other. Like you said, uh, POS keeps fucking showing up at random times, which I thought was awesome. And he wants to bring this fucking beast back and, and take over the world and and all this kind of shit and. Uh, it, it really wants you to like, you really need to, it's like watching a TV show that's constantly hopping between multiple time periods. Like you really need to pay attention. You can't be looking at your phone the whole time. 
No. Or you got to rewind to see what happened, and you can't rewind in this one, unfortunately. <laughs> that's another dude. That's another thing that would have fixed my soft lock if you could go back and replay chapters. Yeah, yeah. Just go, you know, go back, you know, replay, you know, reread chapter, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and like she's got like because the thing is, is once you finish a chapter, because again, like we already mentioned, to trigger a chapter, you find the page in the main in the current time with Alex. Once you find the page, you read it, and basically, the what you're reading is the level you're playing through. And then when you finish the chapter, she's finished reading that page. But like. It would have been so easy to just have her like keep all the pages and then you could go back and read them again. And then I could have gone back to chapter six and got a got the, the rune that I had missed. Uh, yeah. I, I, I implore everybody. Uh, oh, because we should get to this anyway. Uh, keep multiple save multiple saves. There, yes. Like uh, I, I had two what, going. This is back in the era of if you die, you go back to your previous save. Yeah, there is no uh, I learned that lesson the hard way, as did Daniel. There are no checkpoints in this fucking game. Yeah, like it is, it is, and you can, and the, and like, and the only qualm I have with that, because I know that's a product of the times, that's fine, is that you can't save when there's enemies on the screen. Yeah, and that was frustrating. Yeah, or traps. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that one temple, the the Cambodia one, where it's got the traps all there. It's like you can't say there's enemies nearby. I'm like, there's no enemies. There's a fucking axe that's spinning around, and I'm nowhere near it. Yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, for the record, that is my favorite of all the areas. Is that temple? I oh, absolutely. The, yeah, like it's that's in, the coolest one. Yeah. How often do you, when you're playing in that one do you start singing the Indiana Jones theme? Totally, yourself? especially when you're there as like it's one thing when you're there as the 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 like the princess. I can't remember what she her name was. Yeah, the dancing the, girl or whatever. Yeah. 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 But then when you're there as as uh, Doctor Leslie, the like the guy that kind of dressed like Indy, like that, he, he there's very, very much intended to be to be a, a, a parody of Indiana Jones. Totally, that that was my favorite level. Hat, Although, yeah, he's... ironically, that was the level where I missed the rune. Yeah, that, that I needed to finish the fucking game. But that I did think that was the coolest level. But yeah, uh, I like Daniel said, you can't save when there's traps on the screen. You can't save when there's enemies on the screen. And uh, like I, I had one session early on in the game where I lost about thirty minutes of progress because I hadn't saved. And and again, product of the times, noted. But just if you're listening to this, for the love of fuck, man, create like ten saves. Like just create saves after save after saves. Like there's no there's no there's no shame in it. And I would recommend keeping saves in each chapter because yeah. uh, if I had had that, uh, things would have been very different for me. God yeah. damn it. God damn it. Fuck. Now I'm getting mad again. Fuck. Anyways. Um, what about the ending? I, I've only read the ending. I haven't played it because I couldn't. Yeah. The ending is the, yeah. Like the whole point is, is basically it's uh, all these characters are basically, uh, I like the fact that almost everybody's story ends horribly. They almost all die. Like it's, you know, they, they die, but they've gotten a little bit closer to, to, their part in saving the world. Like it's, yeah. Um, but uh, you got, you got pious or POS there. He's got, he's trying to summon his God back into the, into the reality. And so everybody else is basically, you've got to get the other, uh, the other two other facts, plus the, the corpse God, man, uh, the, that fleshy one that in the one temple with all yeah. the nose, it's just creepy. Yeah. He is um, but yeah, you got to get all their power, but it's, the final battle, it's basically you're summoning whatever the superior monster is uh, to, to Pius's. Yeah. Um, so as you're fighting him, it cuts back to the cutscene of the monsters fighting. 
uh and and it just looks you know the the red guy is like this giant lobster thing uh the the magic one is like this mummy uh witch thing like the the designs are all awesome yeah and then uh and then yeah it's like yeah great you know you've you've uh you've stopped his monster but you still summoned another uh, you know an eldritch being into the universe yeah and then it has a nice thing where uh because to do it you're using this big lost city underground as a as a giant summoning uh like spell circle uh and then it's uh the ghost of her grandfather appears and switches one of the ruins. So instead of it being summon a monster, it's in prison. So, so then you're, you know, then it flips around and now you've imprisoned the monster you summoned that already stopped his. Uh, and then the reason you, when you, uh, after you beat the game, when you do another playthrough, um, there's only, you know, the second playthrough, there's only two of the artifacts at the beginning. Third playthrough, there's only one. Um, and then after and then, you, sorry, you, sorry, and those and those are the artifacts that that POS chooses, like in that yeah. very first level, like the one he's yeah. gonna basically be corrupted by or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and then after after you beat it for the third one, basically what it says is, you know, because uh, infinite infinite time and space, uh, Mantarak, uh, whose job it was to keep the, these beings uh, sealed away in the first place, uh, has now uh, defeated all three of them through the process of multiversal whatever right because all, all three of them have been have been killed in different universes so but it's, it's it's really cool and it's cool that like it's all these different characters from all these different timelines all interwound by this book all kind of interwound by their ties to these fucking evil creatures and this pos guy just going from time to time to time like it's really it's it's i'll be honest with you guys like i'm not i'm dumb i'm not an intelligent man like i'm not dumb but like well i'm kind of dumb it's it, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot here this is not a simple spider-man needs to beat the green goblin to save new york story like there's there's no. a lot going on in this fucking yeah. story but i i genuinely think the payoff is worth it and if you're anything like me when you start playing it you're confused as fuck and you're like yeah what that, the that, yeah that, that is doesn't... going on yeah, and it, it takes like and it take, kind of takes a couple chapters before you realize. Yeah. Once the to me it was the first time I went back to cuz like you play I think the second chapter is when you play as that dancing girl and she has the tomb of darkness right at the beginning. And she's like or like she finds it early and she's like flipping through it in that like in yeah. the in the catacombs or whatever and and then you start to realize like oh shit, they're all tied to this book. And then the first time uh I think it's when you play as, as Ben Franklin there and you're in the mansion. And you're, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is the same mansion that Alex's grandpa owns in the present that I'm playing as her in right now. Yeah. Uh, it's Then you start to realize that you're going back to the same areas as different characters in different times, all tied to each other. And it, there's a lot going on, but it's really cool. I really recommend if you do decide to play it, stick with it. Don't give up in the first couple of chapters because you're confused as to what's going on. Because once I like... If I had rented this as a kid, I probably would have, or not as a kid, because I was like 20 when it came out, but if I had rented this back in the day, I probably would have been like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, and this magic system is weird, and this is stupid. But I'm glad I didn't do that, because even though I did get fucked by the game, uh, I really thought it was clever. Like, I, it's 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 got the Charlie Day meme of him, like, with the fucking wall with all the strings and all the pictures, and he's going crazy looking at it. That's kind yeah, of what it yeah. is, is you're playing through it, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. But in the end, it does all make sense, and it's really, really clever and really well done. Um, yeah, I liked it. It's a cool game. 
I'm trying to think. Do we miss anything? Is there anything uh, else? No, I don't think so. Is there any part? Uh, I know you didn't play through all the characters. Are there any characters that you really uh, particularly jumped out at you? Uh, you know, I actually, I really liked uh, uh, Leslie or whatever, the Indiana Jones uh, ripoff guy. And uh, and I actually, I really genuinely liked uh, uh, POS. I thought he was cool. Like, the, I know he's a villain, but I love villains. I thought he was really cool. Yeah. The only one yeah. I didn't like very much uh, <laughs> was actually, uh, I don't know, not Ben Franklin. Um, the, like, Aladdin kind of guy that was in love that had the dual swords. Oh, yeah. I thought he was kind of lame. Yeah. What about you? Uh, one of my favorite ones, and it was one that you didn't get to, is uh, but he's a, a Canadian firefighter in Kuwait. I'm pissed that I didn't get to play as the Canadian. Yeah, uh, just because I like that because uh, you know, uh, my dad was in you know one of one of one of his tours was literally in that area, mm-hmm. dealing with those those fires and things in the Middle East. Sure. So, yeah, I know for sure. Uh, that, that that you know that one always had and and you know he's Canadian. Of course. Yeah. We are the best. Well, not naturally, yeah. But uh, was there anyone you didn't like? Uh, I want to say Max is annoying. Ben Franklin, there. He's is just annoying. so he's just so goddamn slow, and those fucking he's guns slow. take forever. That's and... tough. Yeah, uh, he like he got yo. Know, he takes absolutely nothing for him to lose his health or to lose his sanity. Yeah. And oh, I, and sorry, he's the one that has to fight that fucking spider in the yeah. city under the mansion, which drove me yeah. crazy. But but I will say. Right before you go into that area where you fight the spider and you go through the door and then he sees himself like in a prison and then he comes out of it. And then it yeah. does end with him being locked up in a prison, like yep. going crazy. I thought that was like the coolest ending of all of them. Yeah. But yeah, but he no, saw it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't care for him. And I I think it was the monk uh, is another one that, again, like the stats just drove me nuts. He's slow. Yeah. and That's the one where uh, you had to like ring the bell tower. Yeah. To get yeah 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 that guy I got stuck in his level for so long I did find ninety nine percent of the time the backtracking didn't bother me that one I just found a little bit annoying because like that the you, the the guy gets killed and then you have to meet up so like someone gets killed and he's getting blamed for it and then someone has proof that it wasn't you and he's like meet me later in the bell tower and 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 I'm going around the, and I'm like I, I've tried everything there's nothing left to do so I go to the bell tower and he's so slow it takes like two minutes to get there and the guy's not there yet. So now I'm like, fuck, I must have missed something. So now it's hike back down to the fucking cathedral, running all the yeah. way around, trying to figure out what I missed. And clearly there's something you need to find that triggers the next scene up in the, that, yeah. He, he, I didn't hate him per se, but I found his level kind of annoying because he was yeah. so goddamn slow. Yeah. And especially on a, like after you played through it, like you said, you know how to, you know where everything is, but it just takes so long. Yeah. So Yeah. Backtracking's not so bad when the character's a little bit quick. Yeah. But when the character drags ass and there's and like and let's play like, like honestly the cathedral is my least favorite of the areas because there's just like there's not a lot of there's no traps or anything it's mostly unless enemies happen to be on the screen it's literally just running around yeah you know like with how exciting yeah. the temple of doom there was it yeah. was the polar yeah. opposite yeah so every other area like is just more fun yeah agreed but still a really fucking legitimately like one of the most uh, creative games I've ever played. It really, it felt like playing an indie game before the era of indie games. Yeah. Where you could do something totally different. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend it. Nobody's going to be able to play it. It's fucking literally (laughs) available. Goddamn nowhere. And it's not cheap, but if you uh, got it years ago, a guy who had no idea what he had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked Daniel, 
because uh, I have his copy here, and there's a price tag on the back of the case for twenty bucks. And I was like, I was like, I know it's considered bad form to ask somebody what they paid for something. I was like, but did this only cost you twenty dollars? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, fuck, it's that's the video game equivalent of buying Bitcoin back when it was worth like two bucks. Like you won, yeah. good for you. Maybe not yeah. quite that good of return, but. I mean, I don't have a GameCube, so the only time I've gotten to play it in the, the, the 15 years since was when I borrowed yours for six months. But it's good shit, though. It's a good fucking yeah. game. Um, and okay, so we got to score it, and uh, everybody's like, you better just tear it apart because of the. Because, like, I was so mad. I was streaming yesterday, and people were just like, uh, is it worse than, you know, some of the most notorious games I've hated on the show? Like, I hate Metal Gear Solid 3, Echo the Dolphin. Uh, I got mad at Symphony of the Night for hiding that second castle, that kind of stuff. And and in my rage, I said yes. And and I do still think none of those games can solve. Like I, 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 in my opinion, I consider it borderline inexcusable when a game can soft lock you like that. Absolutely. There's just no like that can ruin your whole experience of a game with a game. Mm-hmm. Um. That said, like, I really, really like what this game is doing. And the fact that so few people knew what I was talking about that had played this game indicates to me that, like, while this is a softlock, it was a pretty well-hidden softlock that it took a special kind of idiot like me to find. Like, most people never experienced it. So, Daniel, how do you want to score this thing? You had a system. Uh, I was thinking we'll go with, uh, there's 12 playable characters, so I was thinking we'll go out of 12. All right. So then I'll ask you first, out of, oh, out of 12 playable characters, what, what score do you want to slap on Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem? Uh, I'm going to go with 10. Uh, you know, take one away from, from fat-ass Max there, because he takes forever to load his guns, and he just really is making big guys look bad. And uh, take away the, the monk, because he just is so slow. Yeah, he does. He's, um, although I will... I will say his story was interesting. Like of the guy being I, killed and them all blaming him. I thought that was cool, yeah. but his, it was just not fun to play. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. The, the cathedral is the worst of the four places. By no far. question. No question. Although, and it is where you fight that stupid boss that I don't like. I'm kind so, of glad I didn't fight this boss. Um, yeah. Fuck. I don't know what to do. Okay. So, all right. So without the soft lock thingy in mind, uh, I'd probably give it a nine. I think it's a, out of 12. Like it's a really inventive game. The it's cool story. I think the combat is kind of lame, and I think the magic system is more. It's messier than it has to be, but it also works once you figure it out. I I love the sanity effects. I love the story. I love the puzzle solving. So I like more of it than I hate. So I'm I'm gonna give it a nine. Um, I'm not I, like my playthrough of it. Getting like I was I was fucking choked when I got locked out. Uh. So like if I'm scoring it based on that, like I don't even know what to do because it's not, it's such a hard thing. It's not, it's not an easy thing to miss. Um, cause most people never seem to find it, but there are entire threads online dedicated to people being like, what do I do? And then eventually yeah. realizing that they're fucked. If you don't have a save back at chapter six, then you're going back to square one. Cause you literally cannot finish the game without it. Um, I'm not even going to put a score on Cause like, Quite frankly, to me, like a game that'll do that is a zero, but I'm not going to give this game a zero because it's such a hard thing to miss. And I think it's a really cool game. So I'm going to give it a nine, despite the fact that that happened. And I, I probably would have gone up at a 10, 10.5 if it hadn't. I think that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. It's a cool game. So I, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm, sh- I, I, I just, uh, 
man, this game is just the this is this this game is the fucking the the epitome. It is it is exhibit A for the argument in favor of emulation <laughs> and ROMs. It really is. You know, like I, I, know. I I'll never endorse emulating games that are available to be purchased by rights holders. Yeah. Uh I, I'm always gonna be that way. And people can write in and be like, oh, Nintendo charges too much for remakes of their old games. I'm like, they own the games, it's their prerogative to charge it. Doesn't give you the right to steal it. I, I don't care. You can argue with me all you want. Teslas are very expensive. Maybe they're too expensive. It doesn't mean you have the right to go out and steal one. I mean, they also murder people, so. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, but like when, it, when it's just not available, like your only options to play this are to pay that grease bag at the flea market 200 bucks or emulate it. Uh, yeah. This is where I'm like, emulating needs to be preserved. Because it, video it, games are art, does. and and there's so many games that are going to be lost forever if emulating goes away, emulation goes away. You know, imagine if all of a sudden every movie that hadn't gotten a re-release in 4K and shit was just gone, like, or music or what you know, whatever. It just yeah, video games are art and they need to be preserved. So I Absolutely. I actually encourage Amen. you to go out and emulate this game and try it. Yeah. So, yeah, I I really emphasize this is definitely a game worth trying. It's definitely not going to be everyone's taste. No, it isn't. Uh, That one and and save. Just if you're going to play it, make sure you save. Give it a love of fuck. And then that's another great thing about emulating save states, save state, save state, save state, save in this game all the fucking time. Like, don't be ashamed. You kill two enemies and went to a new room where you're allowed to save, save. Don't yep. fucking and and keep like eight saves. Like don't keep two. Like I I had multiple saves, but they were multiple saves within the last chapter. I didn't realize that I would have to go back in time, fucking three chapters to get what I needed, or I would have done that. God damn it! Fucking anyway. bullshit. Anyways, uh, oh, yeah. good I shit. Love the game, but yeah, yes, yeah. really creative. It's a it's it's art. This is a, this is a very artistic game, and I I love I love a good piece of art. So. Uh, Daniel, thanks for giving me a call. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for lending me a copy of a game I otherwise was never going to fucking buy. And uh, thank you for not calling me. It's so funny. Is it? Let's end on this. Is it not a little bit ironic that this game questions your sanity while you play? And when I said I got soft locked out, I had people questioning my sanity on social media. And they were like, are you crazy? Are you sure? And I'm like, and I'm like, I think I am. Maybe now I'm not so sure. I got to go read my book covered in human skin and find out. But thank you for not yes. questioning my sanity like the general public did. No, I, I, as soon as you said, you play enough games that you wouldn't have said that without it being legit. No, I spent a good hour online trying to figure out what I could yeah. do. Because I was like, so like, just again, just to, now that you've all heard this, the, the game, like, there's a part in chapter eight. I don't remember the name of the guy you're playing as, but you're like a, I think you're like a slave and you're in like a, a, a mine. It's, it's, you've already been there before and you're going through and you find this trap where somebody has to walk into a, a like a, um, like a panel on the floor that'll bring down a trap that squashes them and kills them. That'll open a door. And that's where I need to go. And I need to use a summon zombie spell. And I'd already picked up the script for the, the, the scroll for summon zombie. So I'm, I'm fully aware that that's what I need to do is summon a zombie, send them in there. That'll open this door. But I was missing one ingredient and I had three runes that were all question marks. And so I was like, well, maybe it's one of these. And I tried all three and none of them worked. So then I looked up what the three were and none of them were the tier rune that I needed. And then it turned out, yeah, it's, it's a missable rune in, in number six. So that's now maybe after an hour of explaining the game, maybe that makes more sense. That's, that's where I got stuck was in chapter eight where I couldn't get this door to, to, uh, to open, but it is what it is. I, I did do my homework cause I really wanted to finish it. 
I wasn't gonna play through it four fucking times, but I really <laughs> did want to finish it and see how it yeah. ended, and it just wasn't wasn't gonna happen. But cool game, man. Uh, good shit, Daniel. Thanks for doing this, pal. Absolutely, buddy. Thanks for having me. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Daniel, thank you so much. You and Tank, thank you so much for giving me a call to talk Eternal Darkness. Thank you for lending me the game as well because it's so goddamn expensive. Uh, and every single one of you nerds listening to this, whether this was your first Remember the Game or your 271st Remember the Game, thank you for giving us a chance. I appreciate it more than you know. I know there's a ton of retro gaming shows out there and that you gave us a chance. Well, that warms my heart. And uh, if you didn't hate it, leave us a good review, would you? I'm not sure what they accomplished, but I'm supposed to ask for them. I'd really appreciate that. And if you want more of them, I know what this accomplishes. This accomplishes paying my bills. Patreon.com slash Remember the Game. Uh, subscriptions start at $3 a month. You can get yourself up to four extra podcasts a week. You have access to over 500 archive podcasts ad-free waiting to be added to your phone. It's fucking awesome. And you can write into the show. And you can join our almost 2,000 member Discord and a whole bunch of other stuff. Pretty well the best deal in the history of the universe. Patreon.com slash remember the game. More importantly than that right now, twitch.tv slash member the game. Not remember. Member the game. I will be there Friday and Saturday this weekend, November 3rd and 4th, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Time, playing video games to raise money for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. We'll be auctioning off a chance to be my guest on a future episode of Remember the Game. And if you donate 20 bucks or more, you'll be entered into a draw to win your own a video game of your choice or Remember the Game swag. It's... uh going to be awesomely outrageous as the kids say so i hope you can come by and say hello because 24 hours is a lot of video games twitch.tv slash member the game um i have a p.o box you can find that address at remember the game podcast.com that's where you can find our merchandise that's pretty well you could just where you could donate to my extra live stream and you pretty well can get it basically just go there everything is there remember the game podcast.com that's gonna do it i'm leaving i'm gonna thank some patrons and shut this thing down next week is up in the air it might be burnout revenge it might be something completely different or it might there might not be one uh we'll see how the 24 hour stream goes this weekend and how much time i have left to get i remember the game put together it might just be a, an expansion pass release next week but either way i hope you'll be back next week to listen to something and then the week after that and then the week after that and the week after that, we'll be friends forever all right i'm gonna thank some patrons and leave thanks for listening everybody don't forget the fucking tier rune and i'll talk to you on the next one cheers Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And as such, I am contractually obligated to thank them as quickly as possibly. So a huge thank as possibly or possible as quickly as possible. Whatever. Uh, so a huge thank you to Makeshift Mellow Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, The Keeks, James Clark, Dave McGee, Dan of DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Chris Fleury, Andrew Wright, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Scott Brooks, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Tremblay, A Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Mercury869, Wolfgang, Darren Andy, Hudson, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny from Virginia, Squints, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Randy Barrage, Just a Fish, D's Nuts, Holmes, Zach. 
Jack Shepard, Ballsack, T-Bagger, Frosty P492, Triple Trucker 22, Elijah Burns, It's That Nerd, James, Madam Nudzich, that one fucks with me every time, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Mizuru, Juris Dr. Mario, Tyler, Phil Lencher, Joe the Sandman, Eric James, Nick Amos, Mega Mav, Thomas Childs, Biddy, Laces Out Damp, Beaver Boy, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Leroy Westrich, Rush's Dog Walker, Sean Ramos, Stud Still Smash, Matt Babineau, Gabe Dan Fusselman, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, a dude named Adam, Why the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Row, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Storm Beagle, Earl Hegelwaffle, High Plains Drifter, Esteban Navarro, Kayach, Timothy, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Them Boys on the Roof, Max Lagroom, James Juan Francesco, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Franklin Badge, Drugs of Bed, okay, Sam Carpenter, Donnie the Dude, Walter, Nerdy Hybrid, The Fletchman, Colin Bollinger, Sleeper Hit, Squeak Nuts, Isaiah, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, WMFP15, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Radioactive Man, Musty Beetle, Graham Kennedy, On My Foot, John M. Watkins, Timothy Sabrinsky, Beef Dingleberry, Hitchy Poo, Bulma Simp, Chevy Boy 9211, Burt Macklin, Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Christopher Britt, Zamatos, Big the Cat, Oh My God, It Froze, Bobby Litton, Brandon DeZeba, Kia Pop, Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, A.B. Killen, Works For Me, Dakota Guy, Alexander Camp, Neil Cooper, Tom Houlihan, Ted Explosion, Ryan Perry, Alex R, Itchy Nutsaru, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Just Car Prank, Solomon Soto, Dark Sky Walter, Postman, West Gen, Nick Creature, Tyler Kukuluk, 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 Tyler K, Adam Martinet, AFE, The Big Deal, Dr. Nightmare 23, Kevin Monroe, Can't Destroy Her, Mario Galaxy, Still Hasn't Reviewed Adam Blank, Beers of War, Because 19, Digital Dave, Marcus Mendoza, Lord Longrod, Von Hugendom II, Roger Staubach's Pool Cleaner, Frosty Bear, Max Sandin, Sour Goat Face, Alex Ramos, Faded Suffrage, Benjamin Atkins, Carbon Fiber Zombie, Chris Hill, a.k.a. Adam is Too Scared to Livestream Lost Levels, Mellow Yellow 8787, B Money, Hired Goon, Who? Fuck, now I'm all fucked up. Hired Goons, who? It's OG, Tyler Bauer, Fallen Snow, Kiku, The Supreme, Chose Rizio, E-Man, Trucker, Mark Sneed, Raging Irish, Atrio, Wormwood, Shoeboxers, Tornado, Adam Blank, Still has reviewed Mario Galaxy, Jay Callahan, Robbie Air, Guy Who Does Things, Saban, Brian Richmond, Blobby Rogers, Glue Scappin, Bula, Mad Zeus, Buy Me Bone Storm, Plow King, Cesar, Fill Up My Mouth With Farts, Liquor Like Luigi, Cody Thompson, Billy and the Clonosaurus, Nice, Elephant Cab, Scissor Fist, Big Daddy Randall, Ryan Whitcomb, Flinny123, Austin from Past to Present Player Podcast, Lord State Pop, Johnny Zubu 81, AJ McKirji, Lotus, Philip Ramsey, Nothing Could Possibly Go Wrong, Alex McIntyre, S. Bearded Bastard, Adam Blank Loves Mario Is Missing, Eric Hopewell, Clockwork Orange These Nuts, Kawamai Bunga, David Schroeder, Theater, Theodore, Chicken Gizzards, Ugh. Diablo Spartan, Justin Blair, Wilco, and VOS Rager. And for the record, no, I'm not afraid to stream Lost Levels. I actually beat it on stream. So <laughs> take it easy, everybody. Thanks for the support. Talk to you on the next one. Cheers. So long. Goodbye.